feel the presence of God here. We have some dear friends of ours I haven't had the privilege of knowing as long as my wife has, but simply by virtue of the fact of her connection with you, and I'm married to her, I feel a connection with you as though we've had this connection the same amount of time as family and my wife. My wife grew up with this family in Wisconsin, and we've tried to make this happen a time or two, and um, we were able to make this happen and have him come, so I want them to come and take their complete liberty. Um, this is Sam Zenobia and his wonderful family, and so let's welcome them as he comes and ministers to us today. Amen. Can we give that to the Lord right now? Can we lift up the name of Jesus in this place? He's the faithful one. He's the reason we're here. He's the reason we came. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. You're faithful. You're worthy, Jesus. How I love you this morning, God. How I love you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. You all may be seated in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Trying to compose myself after that beautiful move of the Spirit this morning in worship. God is good and He is faithful. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm so happy to be here today. Uh, with my beautiful wife and my two boys. And um, I want to say first and foremost, thank you to Pastor Pelham, Sister Pelham, Sister Jane Pelham, amen. It's awesome to be with them. As uh, Pastor said, uh, I've been known Sister Pelham and her family, the Cisco family, since as long as I can even remember Pentecost. As long as I, I mean, my first memory really is speaking in tongues when I was five. But, and then the Cisco's were there. They're, they're right there with it. So we have, uh, I've known them for so long. And um, I used to attend church with her father and her brother, Jason. And I used to idolize Jason all the time. We'd go out to eat and I just idolized Jason. I like to say I idolized brother Cisco brother Jason Cisco before it was cool. Amen. Now everybody thinks he's awesome, but I knew it back then when I was just eight years old, nine years old. Amen. So I'm so happy to be in a place uh, among friends and among the family of God where the presence of the Lord is this morning. And I just thank them for the invitation to be here with my family. And I thank them for their understanding. It's been a little bit of a, a stressful weekend for us and they just came right alongside us and understood everything that was going on, and uh, they've just been so flexible with us, and I appreciate that. I really, really do. Amen. But I am happy to be here today and report to you that Spain is a nation that is in revival. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Just this last December, there was the 25th anniversary of the work in Spain, and there were over 4,000 people in attendance at that conference. There were nearly 700 people filled with the Holy Ghost in that conference, speaking in other tongues, and over 80 graduates graduated from our national Bible schools. God is doing great things in the nation of Spain. Amen. Praise the Lord. And obviously, we are not there right now. We are in the process known as deputation, traveling the country and raising support in order to return to Spain for a period of up to five years. Uh, we've already been there about three years, uh, and we're eager to go back. You know, as they say, faith gets you to heaven, but down here they take cash. Amen. So we understand that ministry uh, runs on the fuel of finances. And uh, that is part of the reason we are in the United States right now, but we are so close to our goal, just 13 partners away from reaching our budget and going home to the nation of Spain. We praise God for that. Amen. But the number one reason we're here this morning is to minister the Word of God. I believe that if you have a need today, that God is going to meet it. Maybe you've never received the Holy Ghost that we're talking about today. Today is your day to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. All you need is faith and repentance, and you will receive it. Amen? It's a promise to us. And so if you need that, if you need healing in your body, the power of God, the Word of God is here to heal this morning. Amen? Do you believe that? Would you clap under the Lord if you believe that's true? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, what I thought we would do before, before I get into the Word of God, I wanted to share a short video with you uh, that kind of tells our story. You know, walking with God is a process, and we haven't always been missionaries. And so this video will share a little bit of our story. It will help us connect a little bit. And that way the ministry of the Word will be a little bit smoother, and we can receive what we need from the Lord today. And then after that, I'm going to have my wife come. She's going to share whatever the Lord put on her heart and also uh, give you an opportunity to sow into our ministry. And then we're going to preach a little bit. Pastor gave me two hours. Amen? No way. I ain't doing that to y'all. No, we're going to preach a little bit, and then God's going to do the miraculous here. Amen? So if the media team could help me right now and play that video. Hi, I'm Sam, and this is my wife, Kristen, and this is our story. Thirteen years ago, we moved to Washington, D.C., independently to pursue our careers. But along the way, we met, married, and built a family. Our two boys, Benaya and Xander, provide an endless supply of joy and excitement to our lives. After completing my Ph.D. in nuclear engineering, I moved to the nation's capital because I wanted to change the world. My dream job with the U.S. Navy took me to multiple continents in multiple countries. I even spent time at sea flying on and off aircraft carriers before my company handpicked me to direct two new research programs in a team of fellow scientists. I fell in love with Spain and its people over 20 years ago while studying Spanish in Barcelona. I didn't even realize it then that I was lost without Jesus. But little did I know God was working his purpose in me even way back then. 
I went on to complete my master's degree in school counseling, and I took jobs at schools on the Texas-Mexico border in Dominican Republic, and then back in Washington, D.C. at a charter school as a bilingual counselor. And I was being prepared to become a school principal before my family and my ministry called. I found much more than a career in Washington, D.C. I found the truth. Shortly after I was baptized in Jesus' name, the Holy Spirit fell upon me during a mission service while the preacher yet preached the word just like in Acts 10. After that, I found myself weeping during services while missionaries would come and share their burden for the lost souls around the world. Our pastor, Jerry Staten, possesses a contagious evangelistic spirit, which awakened in us a burden for souls. Then in 2017, the Lord called me to lay down my secular career for ministry. It was the singular most gut-wrenching prayer I had ever prayed. But when the master calls, we must follow. Not knowing how, not knowing when, we began to prepare ourselves for God's call on our lives. It's not your calling, it's his calling. Be pliable in his hands. This was prayed over us at the Global Mission Service in 2018 General Conference. That was where God placed the mission and the burden for global missions upon our hearts. Following that service, that spring, we took a trip to Spain as a family where God confirmed he was calling us to Spain. For three years, we've served as short-term missionaries under the leadership of Nathan and Tanya Herod. During this time, we've witnessed hundreds of people in Spain receive miracles, be baptized in Jesus' name, and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And as administrators of the Barcelona-based Bible School, we've seen a resurgence in student attendance. We've experienced the blessings and provisions of, of God for every need. To God be all the glory. Now as fully appointed missionaries, God has called us to the southernmost and most under-evangelized province of Spain, Andalusia. Our calling is to proclaim the full gospel to the over eight million souls that live there. In this predominantly Catholic nation, our mission is to plant apostolic churches throughout the region through the preaching of sound doctrine and a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost and God's grace, we will see it done. God's call to Spain marks the most beautiful and greatest plot twist of our lives, but we can't enter this next chapter of the story without your help. Partner with us as we take this next step of faith. goodness of God. Amen. His goodness is running after all of us. All those years of my life I spent away from the Lord. I, the first 30 years of my life I was not raised in church. I was not raised in truth. But he used all of that being raised in a, I was raised in a Catholic church. Um, he's used all that now for his purpose, for his goodness to reach the lost souls in the nation of Spain. Amen. Pastor Pelham, Sister Pelham, I give you honor. It is an honor and a privilege to be with y'all in your amazing church this morning. It truly is. God is so good. I'm so thankful to be here with y'all. It's a true blessing. And when God called us to Spain, it, it did take us by surprise. And we had a th our boys at the time were three and five years old. And we had a whole list of concerns about just the practical things you think about as a parent. And we said, we're not going to apply until God answers 
these concerns. And so it was less than a week where God gave us peace about all of our concerns. And above all, he told us this is what's best for their souls. And so we moved forward and just trusted in the Lord. And we're excited to say that he's been so faithful. Both Benaiah and Xander, who are now seven and nine years old, were both filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues while in church at the, in the nation of Spain. Benaiah was water baptized there, and Xander couldn't wait. It's been a year. He's been asking us. He got the Holy Ghost, and so here in, in uh, Buffalo, New York, he was water baptized, and they have grown. They have been witnesses to their friends in school. They attended a public charter school in Barcelona, and they, they learned Spanish. They picked it up like a sponge. Uh, they made great friends there. And they opened doors. The connections that those boys made in school opened doors for us to witness and, and tell people about Jesus and the gospel. And so when we came back for deputation after our, a little bit over two, almost three years there in Spain, we, I knew I would have to start homeschooling with the boys because we would be on the road. So they ha Benaya had to take a third grade readiness test to make sure that he, because he was coming from another country, make sure he was ready to start third grade, where he was promoted in Spain to go on to third grade. Well, um, he took that third grade readiness test, and it turned out he was at a second grade level. So Benaya took second grade in Spain, and he took second grade again here in the United States. Um, the, the school uh, curriculum is just not equivalent there because they start at first grade. So technically second grade there is, is <coughs> first grade here, and, and so it's a kind of a year behind the way that they do school without a kindergarten year. So we want to make sure that this, this does not happen again. We want to make sure our boys are on par with their peers here in the United States, depending on, so that they're prepared for their future if they do decide to go on beyond high school. And so we're raising funds today. We have raising funds for them to attend an international school. An international school in Spain will allow them to continue to grow and their, develop their Spanish language. It'll allow them to connect with the community that we're witnessing to, and it will allow them to also stay on the same academic level as their peers here in the United States. And so if God does move on your heart this morning, we would like to invite you. You can either go to our QR code, which... Um, you can go ahead and, and go to that QR code and make a donation to the MK Education Fund, or you can see us after service. And a gift of $100 would pay for two days of our boys' tuition. A gift of $250 would pay for a week of their tuition, and a gift of $1,000 would pay for a whole month for both boys to attend the school in Spain. And I just want to thank you in advance for having us, and I thank Jesus for what he's going to do here in this service this morning. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Would you stand with me to your feet as we go to the word of the Lord? Amen. You all still love Jesus? Amen. All right. Good deal. Praise the Lord. As my wife said, we do have a table outside with a few items uh, displayed. And really, that's a point of connection. If you want to stop by and shake hands and, and get to know each other a little bit after service, we would love that. Amen. We're going to be in the book of Acts, chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, very familiar passage, but stick with me, okay? Amen. We all have it? Amen. Some of y'all looking at the screen just like the apostles did. <laughs> Praise God. Bible says this, but ye shall receive power. Everybody say power. 
After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Circleville and in all Ohio and in the United States and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. Is that what your version says? That's what my Bible says. Amen. The Bible says we're called to be witnesses wherever we're planted in this gospel. Amen. I would like to talk just a few minutes this morning on this thought, power struggle. Power struggle. Would you close your eyes and lift your hands towards heaven with me? We're going to pray one more time over this service and the word of God. Lord Jesus, I love you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, for every person that is under the sound of my voice. Lord, whether they are here in this sanctuary, whether they're in the Sunday school classrooms, Lord, whether they're watching online, I bless them right now in the name of Jesus. I bless their body. I bless their mind. I bless their spirit in Jesus' name. I take authority right now over every doubt, over every fear, over every sickness and disease, over every spirit contrary to your word, and I bind them in Jesus' name. I lose faith right now into the atmosphere. I lose healing and miracles and the Spirit of the Lord in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands and shout unto God today? Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. If you'll preach with me, you may be seated. Amen. You know, maybe you came to church today and you were expecting to receive something, a warm welcome, a friendly smile, a, uh, a firm handshake, or an interesting message from the preacher. And it is my hope that you receive all of those things today. But you know, the most noble motivation for coming to church today would be to give worship to the Lord and to receive something from God Almighty. And I want to let you know that in just a few minutes after I'm done speaking, I'm going to invite everybody who's willing to come to this altar and receive something powerful from God Almighty. You see, receiving is an important concept in our Bibles, the Word of God in the New Testament tells us about 300 times it uses the word receive in various forms. And it tells us we can receive many good things as well as many bad things. But I want to keep it positive this morning, amen? And I want to share with you just a short list of the good things that the Bible says that we can receive. The Bible says we can receive the Word of God, amen? I pray you receive this message. The Bible says we can receive anything that we ask if we ask in faith in the name of Jesus. The Bible says we can receive miraculous healing. The Bible says we can receive mercy, grace, the forgiveness of sins, atonement, blessing. We can receive a reward, an eternal inheritance, and a crown of glory. Now I want everybody in this room to receive all of those things today. Amen? Amen. That's a good list of things that we can receive from God. You see, after I graduated from the University of Wisconsin, I took a job with an advanced technology laboratory and this lab and its partner labs, uh, they developed technology to monitor the earth for detonations of nuclear weapons. Amen. Say that's a good thing. 
Hey, right, we're the good guys, okay? And so the purpose of this technology was to ensure that different countries maintained the conditions of their uh, the international nuclear arms treaties and agreements. I think we all can say we don't want anybody detonating nuclear weapons, praise God. And so during my time in this job, I learned a great deal about the incredible power of nuclear weapons. You see, there's not a man-made power that is more powerful, more terrible, or more destructive than nuclear arms. To measure the force, uh, the destructive force, scientists had to create entirely new measures of power for nuclear weapons. For example, the bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki during World War II exploded with an estimated force of more than 10 kilotons of dynamite. That is the equivalent of 10,000 metric tons of dynamite. Over 100,000 people were estimated to have died immediately from these two explosions. My friends, nuclear weapons are a terrible and a destructive power. But there is a force, there is a power that is yet more terrible and more destructive than nuclear weapons. And there are millions and millions of people who are dying each and every day under the effects of this power. There are people right here in Circleville who are dying because of this power. It's called sin. Sin. The Bible always connects sin with death. And destruction. Paul said it like this the wages of sin or the payment of sin, what you're gonna get if you work hard at sinning is death. James went on to say, and sin when it's finished, that means when the pleasure's gone and all the fun's been had and all your money's been spent and your brain is fried and your family's in shambles, sin when it's finished brings forth death. Now, I don't believe any of us in here would allow uh, somebody to come and put a nuclear bomb in our living room. Amen. Talk with Pastor Pelham if you would. He can do that counseling session. Amen. Praise God. But with far too much frequency, we do not acknowledge the danger that we are allowing into our homes and into our lives. See, sin will enter through cell phones. It will enter through your computer. It will enter through your prescriptions. It will enter through bottles and books and our own rebellious thoughts and actions. And sin will rob us from the good things that God desires to give us. You see, sin will drag us into addiction. It will rob our money. It will rob our peace. It will rob our mind. It will scar our children and our grandchildren. It will destroy our marriage and destroy our family. You see, sin is a terrible and destructive power which fights against all of humanity. We're in a struggle against the power of sin. It's for this reason that I thank God that 2,000 years ago, he provided a way 
to cancel out, to annul, to destroy the power of sin in our lives. Hallelujah. Jesus went to an old rugged cross and he shed his blood and he died so that we might receive the forgiveness of sins. Paul said it like this, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. This morning we sang about the blood. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. You see, in the blood of Jesus, we find a power that is yet greater than the power of sin. But it's not a terrible power. It's not a destructive power. It's a life-giving power. It's a restorative power. It is the power of forgiveness. How many here are thankful for the power of forgiveness in your life? Hallelujah. If you've never been forgiven, if you've never received that power, today you can receive it in Jesus' name. You see, we don't use this word redemption too often anymore. But redemption is a word that was used in regard to buying back slaves from their slave debt. And redemption involves a payment in order to take possession of something. You see, something of value has to be given or exchanged to purchase whatever is to be redeemed. And for you and me, we were the thing to be redeemed. And the price of our redemption, the price of our freedom from sin, was Jesus Christ's very own blood. But he loved us enough and he valued us enough that he said, I will give my life for theirs. I will exchange my will for them. I will die so that they may live. Will you clap your hands under the Lord again and thank him for his blood? You see, it was almost 17 years ago that I nailed my sins to a wooden cross, quite literally, actually. Yeah, you, you know a little bit of my story that I, I grew up in church. I was a pew baby, right? I was a Pentecostal kid. I received the Holy Ghost when I was five. I was baptized in my parents' pool when I was 10 years old. And I was raised among great men of God, your father. I was raised knowing what the truth was. I was raised to know what was right and what was wrong. But you know, when I got to college, I decided I'm going to do things my way. That's always a bad idea. And so I began to hang with the wrong crowd. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to hang with these cats, and they're the cool cats on campus, and I'm just going to hang with them for a little bit. Before too long, I was mixed up with them. I started to go to parties. I started to drink, and then I found myself inside a prison of addiction to alcohol. I was perverted. I was depraved, and I did terrible things, which I would be ashamed to tell you, and I had found that my life was in shambles. For five miserable years, I sought for acceptance from my peers instead of the approval of God. I sought for meaning in the bottom of a bottle instead of in the word of God and the purpose of God. And I nearly destroyed my life. And it was in that time 
when the still small voice in his mercy and in his grace began to call to me again. And I remember getting drunk and going back to my apartment in Madison, Wisconsin, and I would cry and cry and read my Bible, an old Bible that I had, because I hated my life. And it was not long after that, over that period of months, that my parents called me. And they said, hey, we got a men's retreat for you to come to. And uh, eventually I agreed. I waited for a while, and, and then I agreed. I said, I'm going to go. So I drove to uh, at Waukesha area, Wisconsin. I drove from Madison to this, to this spot where the campground was. And I remember having a conversation with the Lord, and I talked to him. And I said, Lord, if you will save my life, I will live for you for the rest of my life. And he spoke one word to me. He said, deal. I said, okay. It's good enough for me. You only need one word from God to change your entire life. He'll change your entire life with just one word. So I got to this retreat, and that night they were, they were talking about, can I come down here? Will it ruin the camera? Amen. See the whites of their eyes this way. So I, I got to this retreat, and... And the first night they were just talking about forgiveness, all about forgiveness and, and the cross and what the cross meant. And it was really impactful. And they, they gave us these booklets at the end of this discussion. There were these green little booklets. And they had all of these different sins written inside. And if you had committed that sin, you were supposed to put a check mark next to that little green box that was there to signify you had committed that sin. Now, I got checking away, Sister Pella. Check, 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 right? And then they had a fill-in-the-blank section, praise the Lord. I filled that out, too. If they couldn't think of the junk you invented to do, they had a fill-in-the-blank. So we put it all out there, and we closed those booklets, and they said, now listen, you're going to pray over that booklet, and you're going to ask God to forgive you for everything written in that booklet. Whether you can remember it all or not, it doesn't matter. You're going to pray for everything in that booklet and everything that you couldn't remember to put in that booklet. And so we did that. We said, Jesus, forgive us. We're sorry for what signified in this little green booklet. And we went to the front of a church like this, and we nailed those booklets to a cross, a wooden cross. And we left that night, and we all felt pretty good. Left our sins at the cross, amen. Next morning we get there and the pastor comes back and he says, now the first thing I'd like you to do is go get those booklets off that cross. I said, that's weird. Amen, I thought you left the sins on the cross. Anybody with me? I'm not a theologian, but I thought that was right. They said, listen, obedience will bring blessing. You need to go and get that booklet and face your sin. Now, there's something profound in that. We don't like to face our sin. We don't like to confront our sin. Sometimes we talk to God in our prayer closet, and we won't even be honest with Him, between Him and us, the things that we've done, because we are ashamed of our sin, and rightfully so. He said, you're going to confront your sin. So we all went back. There were some men who were, they were downright angry. They were mad about this whole exercise, and They said, listen, on the count of three, I want you to open those booklets and face your sin. Obedience will bring blessing. And so what we didn't know is that in the night, the pastors 
and the counselors from that men's retreat had went up to those two crosses and they'd taken every booklet with all those sins written inside and they destroyed them and instead they put up new booklets and they made those booklets just just like the sinful booklets they had rips in the pages they had doodles on them they made sure they put them in the same exact nail hole and they hung them in the same exact direction we didn't know we were getting new booklets but when we opened our booklets there was no sin written inside of those booklets there were just three words written you are forgiven hallelujah I began to cry. I began to weep because I was forgiven. I was free from my sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You better thank God for forgiveness. We don't emphasize it enough, but forgiveness will change your life. Give God praise right now. Hallelujah. Forgiveness will change somebody's life. We can't forget about the power of forgiveness. We can't say it's not as important as baptism in Jesus' name and the Holy Ghost. Forgiveness changed my life. And I'm telling you, you need to tell somebody about forgiveness. There's people in your life. There's people down the street. There's people you work with. There's friends you have. They've never experienced the power of forgiveness. They need to know about it. You need to tell them. We read, you shall be witnesses unto me. There's power in forgiveness. The Bible says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. It's really quite something to be liberated. From a power that has held you all your life and has held humanity since Adam. And so, forgiveness is an amazing power we can receive. But despite all that, as great as that is, there is still another power that God intends for us all to receive. He doesn't even stop there. He says, yeah, I'll change your life with forgiveness, but now I've got something more for you. It's called the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that I intend to send into your very life to join itself with you and give you eternal life and the power to overcome sin. You see, this verse we read, power in the Greek is dunamis. If you listen to that, you can tell it's the same word we get our word dynamite from. You see, Jesus was promising the disciples that they would get a supernatural and explosive power. The Holy Ghost is the nuclear power of the spirit world. But it's not destructive. It's life-giving. It will heal your body. It will save your marriage. It will save your loved ones. It will restore your mind. There's nothing the Holy Ghost can't do in your life. It'll even help you pay your bills if you believe that. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. This is the same power that the 12 apostles and the 108 received on the day of Pentecost. Now, when we receive the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, uh, we use different terms, right? We'll say the infilling of the Holy Ghost. 
We'll call it the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We'll say it's the gift of the Holy Ghost. Those are all the same experience. It means God is coming to live on the inside of you and take up permanent residence in your spirit. You see, God did not give the apostles this power so that they could be rich or have political influence. He didn't give it to them so they could avenge his crucifixion by the Romans. You see, the problem is everybody's looking for a solution outside of God. We're looking for 2024. We want Trump to fix it. We want Biden to fix it. Whatever your flavor of politician is. But I'm telling you, they don't got the power to fix this world. There's only one power that will fix our nation and fix this world. And that's the power of the Holy Ghost working in the church. Amen. That's good preaching whether you like it or not. Amen. Praise the Lord. You see, God gave them this power to be witnesses. A witness is somebody who testifies in a court of law about something they've seen or heard. And that's all the apostles did, and that's all God's calling us to do. If God's done something great in your life, you're just supposed to tell somebody about it. That's what they did. They said, listen, we know of a God. This man, Jesus, he did miracles. He fed 5,000 with hardly anything. He walked on water. He healed every sickness. He was crucified and buried. But he rose again on the third day, and now you can have this power too. They just told people what they saw and what they heard, and it changed their world. Because they were witnesses. And all we've got to do is tell people about what Jesus has done for us. And we will change our families. We'll change our communities. We'll change our cities and our nation. When I was filled with the Holy Ghost, I immediately just began to tell people about what Jesus had done for me. When I was filled with the Holy Ghost, I used to still go to the bars. I don't recommend this. I'm not telling you to go to the bars and witness. But that was where I hung out. Those were the people I knew. So I went and I would tell them about Jesus, that they could be saved and receive the Holy Ghost. You know, they didn't want to hear it. And I learned, I, I can't go to the bars and tell people and, and preach at people. That's not wise. It's, you know, don't. Don't say the missionary came and said, I'm going to bars to witness. I don't recommend that. I was foolish and I, I learned better. But people thought I had gone crazy. They said, what's happened to you? You're so different now. And I was just excited about what Jesus had done for me. And I just wanted to tell people, this is what God did for me. I had nothing, but God gave me everything. Holy Ghost kept working inside me. This doesn't happen in one day. This ain't a one-time thing. You were saying it this morning. I need the mercy and grace now more than I ever did. We learn to depend on him so much we can't live a day without him. But I, he was working in me. I remember I was... At the gym one time, I used to listen to really ugly music to get myself angry so I could lift more weight. And, uh, yeah, it was stupid, you know, now that you think of it, right? But I was in bondage to that stuff. And I remember one day I was running out the gym, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, you don't need that anymore. You 
didn't say, you sinner, how dare you listen to that after you've received the Holy Ghost? That's not what he said. He said, you don't need it anymore. And I said, wow, that's really quite liberating. And you know why? I didn't need it anymore. Because instead of anger and hate and jealousy and fear, I had love, joy, peace, power through the Holy Ghost. I didn't need that junk anymore. So I went home and I threw away all my CDs and I erased all the music on my iPod. For those who remember those. CDs like way back. That's almost like saying 8-track nowadays. You know, the Holy Ghost even affected the way I dressed. Say, I thought that was for ladies. No, it's for all of us. I used to have a shirt that glorified the fraternity and and drugs and all sorts of junk. And the Lord spoke to me one day. He said, can you be my witness wearing that shirt? I said, no, I can't. So I tossed that thing and got rid of it because he called me to be a witness. He called you to be a witness. We're to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. You see, the Spirit will keep demolishing the old man and tearing down the old man so that he can build up a new man that is created in righteousness and holiness. And if you will submit yourself to the power of the Spirit, he will transform you into the very image of Christ. The Bible says, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. You see, the more wonderful things He does for us, the more we've got to talk about. Would you stand with me? We're about ready to pray. I'd like to testify to somebody here that since I received the Holy Ghost, My life has only gotten better. My life has not gotten easier. I didn't say that. I said it's better. The Holy Ghost is not a magic pill that's going to erase all your sickness, all your trials, all your circumstances, all your struggles. That's not what the Holy Ghost is. But I will tell you that when you receive the Holy Ghost, you have power and you have a companion in every trial and every struggle. In your sickness, you've got a healer. In your struggle, you've got a friend. You've got an advocate who said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will stick closer than a brother. That's what the Holy Ghost is. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I want to ask somebody today, if you need the Holy Ghost, it's your day. Now, I'm of the opinion that it's very easy to receive the Holy Ghost. I I boast not, right? I've seen thousands of people receive the Holy Ghost. Thousands. And it requires just two things. Faith, that God will do it, and repentance. If you will have faith in God and repent of your sins, ask God to forgive you of all your sins, you'll receive the Holy Ghost today. You will be refilled with the Holy Ghost if you need a renewing in your life. I spoke in tongues when I was five, but it was 20 years before I spoke in tongues again at that men's retreat. 
That is quite a dry spell, folks. If that's you today, you've got a dry spell. Maybe it's months. Maybe it's a year. Maybe it's years. You can be refilled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to ask a few questions. Listen, I give very structured altar calls. Just the engineer background, you know. Can't get rid of it. But I wanted to ask, if you're here today and, and, and we've been talking about the Holy Ghost and you'd say, listen, I've never received what you're talking about. I've never received the power of the Holy Ghost. I've never had that experience where I speak in a language I don't understand. I've never spoken in tongues. I've never had the Holy Ghost come on me in such a way that I felt that liberty to do that. But I would like to have that experience today. Now, if that's you, I want you just to wave at me like this. I'm going to look from this side all the way to that side. I want you just to wave at me. I'll see your hand. Others won't. Is there anybody who would say, that's me today? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Takes courage. Thank you. Amen. Now, I want to ask, there may be those who are in that uh, uh, category where they say, I've received it, but so much water has gone under the bridge. I haven't spoken other tongues in so long. I haven't been able to break through like I know I need to be breaking through. Would you wave at me? I'm going to do the same thing. Would you wave at me and say, I need a refilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I see several hands. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Amen. Last question, I promise. If you're here today and you need something else, you need a miracle in your life, you need healing in your body, you need deliverance in your mind, I want you to raise your hand. Uh, we're a little bit more comfortable doing this. Amen. Quite a few needs here today. Now, if you need healing and you need the Holy Ghost, I want you to focus on the Holy Ghost. Amen. You get the Holy Ghost, He'll heal your body. You get the Holy Ghost, He'll deliver your mind. He'll fix your bill problems, the family problems. But you need the Holy Ghost first. That's the power. Amen. Amen. So this is what we're going to do. Before we come to this altar, we're all going to pray a prayer of repentance right where we are. And then we're going to come to this altar. We're going to pray together. But right now, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to begin to open your mouth and pray your prayer to God. You don't have to pray it loud so everybody hears you. But you do need to talk to Jesus right now and tell him you're sorry for your sins. I'm going to pray my prayer. You must pray yours. Jesus, I come to you, Lord, right now. And I confess to you that I am a sinner. I'm in need of forgiveness, Jesus. I ask you right now to forgive me. I ask you right now to cleanse me from every wicked sin, everything I've done that's wrong, Lord, everything I've said that's wrong, everything I've looked at, Lord, that's sin, everything I've listened to, that's sin. Lord, everything I've thought about, that's sin. I ask you to forgive me. I'm sorry, Jesus. Lord, if I've disobeyed your voice, if I knew to do something right and I didn't do it, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I want to be obedient. I want to follow you. I want to follow your word. I want to follow your ways. I renounce my old life, and I want to live for you. Jesus, cleanse me. Wash me. Make me new. Make me whiter than snow. Purge me from my evil ways. Cleanse my motivations. In Jesus' name, thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Would you just begin to praise him right now for his forgiveness? Would you just begin to thank him for...
forgiven you. 